Hello, welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. What's up, Free Lotus? How y'all doing? Lotus. There goes everybody. There's another Fred. bad review. Way to go, Lauren. Hey, we're doing the bigger name cases on Freeloader episodes lately, and this this episode would prove such. Oh, these absolutely. Two nut job creep fuckers. Yeah, this is a typically would have been a Patreon about a year ago. Yeah. yeah. But even so, if you're a freeloader, you're still getting free. You're still getting fed. It just takes you a while. It takes you two years to get fed, so you're starving by the time you get it. We let get you them, build up. You get them uh, exclusive episodes. That's right. We let you build up that appetite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How's it going over there? You know, uh, I wanted to tell you something. Um, you left Las Vegas, and one thing that doesn't happen in Las Vegas, Michael, can, can you guess? Uh, rain. Motherfucking hurricanes don't happen in Las Vegas. Oh, no, they don't. That's a good point. Is this thing going to affect you, or what? I said I see that it's heading up toward the Carolinas. Are you guys far enough um, west uh, in that state to where it's not going to hit you very hard, or what? Yeah, we're kind of like, we're kind of right in the center of the state, so we're, we're pretty good over here. We'll, we'll, we'll get probably some wind, get some though, rain. Huh? Oh, we'll get wind and rain, yeah. But that's that's normal shit. Nobody's talking. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Nobody's talking about it yet. Okay. Well, shout out to uh, to everybody that's going to be affected to that. We hope you guys are doing all right. That hurricane looks pretty brutal. If you're in the Bahamas, man, you obviously can't be listening to this right now. But Right. Whew, that thing is just sitting on top of them right now. It's crazy. Hurricanes are insane, man. They can come out of nowhere. You never know what direction they're going. Yeah. You just, you just like have to the, pay attention. The mass shootings, too, that just continue to fucking hit this country. Now Texas just had one yesterday. Yeah. Man, that's, that's depressing. You can't even turn on the news anymore. You it's can't. like, all right, where's the, where's the latest shooting at? Kevin Hart just wrecked a car into the fucking trees. Jesus. Almost died. Did you see that? Yes, back injuries, severe back injuries. Yeah. He may never Crazy. be the same. That dude was on top of his game, man. Ever he, since, you know ever since he, he met The Rock, he just like took it up a notch. You I don't that? think there's a stronger-willed person, though, than that dude. So if there's anybody that so. can bounce back, I, I have no doubt he's going to bounce back and he's going to be fucking doing deadlifts in no time, even with a destroyed back. Dude, have you Some seen Some people this, just this don't take excuses. They, they, they just don't, like, let life get them. You know, like, bad shit can happen, but they'll just yep. keep on pushing. Like, he came from nothing, and look at where he's at. Yep, yep. born and raised in Philadelphia, in the ghetto. Probably West Philadelphia. On probably, the playgrounds where he spent most of his days? Probably, with Will Smith. <laughs> Probably threw him on his shoulder, spun him around a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Kevin Hart doing that to Will Smith? <laughs> Dude, he's pretty jacked. I could maybe. You know, I think know. he back could pick when him Will up. Smith was all skinny. I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say Will's heavy. Before he now. got on that that Hollywood program where they get you on HGH and fucking get you personal <laughs> trainers. I feel like they have people do push-ups for you. Like I don't think oh, you, you think even so? have to be very tough to get they just, jacked in Hollywood. They just give you oh. the right supplements. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably. If anybody's got it figured out, it's them with the speed in which they do it. Yeah. But, but when you're getting paid what they're getting paid to work out, I'd be like, let's do it. Fuck yeah, dude. Although <laughs> they they I get they get extra credit. People like um, Christian Bale when he did the Machinist and he dropped down to like eighty pounds and he would look like he was like a Holocaust victim. Yeah. That was insane. Who else did Jared Leto did that for a scene? Remember, oh yeah. He he played that guy in prison that was like super. Thin. Like he looked, he looked like he oh, could die at any oh, moment. Oh, the 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 movie with McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club. Is that what you're talking about? I think so. That was also McConaughey did it in Dallas Buyers Club. He had yeah. HIV. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. What are we even talking about? I have no idea, dude. You want to talk what? a little we, bit about the show? We don't get to see each other anymore, so when we catch up, we just start labbering about everything. That's the problem. We got so much to talk about. <laughs> 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 this is stuff we normally would have just got out at work. Let's right. See. Yeah. 
So y'all settled in out there in the Carolina? Oh yeah, man. Things are things are going well. We had you a bored cookout. yet? You gonna move back? You gonna move somewhere else? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not bored <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's coming around the bend. But it's it's around the it's bend. Inevitable. Who knows? I'm gonna pick up and go somewhere else. You Your family's gonna be like, seriously? <laughs> Dude, I think my kids would kill me if we moved again. Seriously, like they, they hate they hate moving, but they always settle in and they always like the new place. You yeah, it's good I mean? for them. It's, it's good for them to handle some adversity. You know that, and it's good for them to see that change just becomes the new norm, and there's good things about everything. You right, know? it's it's a good perspective to have. People who are no afraid doubt. of change. All right. Um, maybe we were just postponing this case because it's so fucking brutal. This is one of the worst ones. I think I hate Leonard Lake more than I hate. He might be now at the top of the list. You know, like we the Mockingbird Hill massacre. I've always said I hated that guy right. more than anyone else we did because he killed his own family and it was all for selfish reasons and whatnot. But my God, Leonard Lake He's a piece is of easily shit. one of the worst. One of the worst scumbag fucks like worse than William Bonin in my mind just because he wanted to like William Bonin yeah he tortured young boys and killed them and whatnot but like Leonard Lake wanted to keep you like captive and make you into this submissive like sex slave for him I guess Dahmer was trying to do the same thing um but in a different way like he was trying to make you into like a zombie you know like right. you were at least incapacitated Dahmer didn't like, want same. you to move at all and then yeah. Leonard Lake wanted you to do everything for him plus sexual right. things Right. What was his name in Kansas City? Uh, Bob Berdella. Bob Berdella. I guess he was pretty similar, but also I think he kind of wanted his his sex slave to be like incapacitated, whereas Leonard Lake, he wanted them fully conscious and aware of what was happening, the brutality. Oh, yeah. Like he wanted you to suffer through every bit of it. Like they were in the video. Did you see some of the video, like the home video they took? They were yeah, even saying to the woman, like, she was like, I, I feel like I'm going to pass out from this this hot light on my face. And they were like, you can pass out, but we're going to wake you back up again. Like, these these two, like, if you have a weak stomach and, like, you don't like the more brutal episodes, this one's not for you. Let's just say Absolutely that. not. This this Ugh. one, you're going to need a palate cleanser after this one. Maybe maybe we'll, uh, we'll hit another groove like we did here in the intro and uh, make right. people forget about all this horrible shit that they're going to have yeah, to ingest. Yeah, maybe we'll start talking about Will Smith. Yes. Being spun around by Kevin Hart again. We That's might have true. to do just random palate cleansers every now and then, bring up like a weird fact. Yeah. We, <laughs> there you go. We, we'll, we'll, it'll work. It'll work. We, we got a oh, knack for that sort of thing. Fun little side note. As I was about to do the, the get set up for the podcast, my, I told my wife, yeah, I got to do the podcast in half an hour or whatever. My son started following, following me around. Daddy podcast? Tet Tet podcast? Like he wanted to do it with me. <laughs> That's he's already, awesome. He's already, showing the, uh, he's already showing the motive to do it. So someday... Look forward to it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then That's when I was awesome. when I had the mic out, he well, he wants to be a little singer or something. He had the mic and he was like standing up singing into the microphone. So man, he's he, two. He wants to be what Dad's doing, man. He sees you doing that stuff. Yeah. And he looks up to you. His opinion of you is very great. So the things that you do, you know, are great to him. Yeah. Well, well, they want to copy. Idea. <laughs> it's a good idea. You're not going to be a damn blame podcaster like your dad. <laughs> we had to do that back in the hard times, kid. You, you don't need to do that anymore. Daddy did it, you so you don't have there. to. You get out there and get you a YouTube channel like a real guy. <laughs> uh, more on that later when we go over the celebrity birthdays. Oh, God. All right, let's kick this thing off. Let's man. dive into it. We had enough of an intro. We're going to get a one star review. It took him eight minutes to get to the real content. And then they called me a freeloader. I'm doubling down on it, you freeloaders. Deal with it. See y'all on the Pony other up side. the two bucks. See you on the other <laughs> side. Anyone who needs my justifications and my rationalizations as to why I would want to imprison and, in fact, enslave a young woman 
They have only to look closely at me. Slave. There's no way around it. Primarily a sexual slave, but nonetheless a physical slave as well. It would be interesting to see how far this tape and I actually go. Just a fair warning, this is a very difficult episode to listen to. There is a lot of horrible shit in it. Okay? These are awful people. They did awful, awful things. But you know what? Something that goes unnoticed in this story is how two of these awful people fell in love. It's crazy how two seemingly soulless people can have such love and loyalty towards each other. So before we enter the darkness, how about a little love song, shall we? Dear Cricket, how could you? You knew I would take a fall. Dear Cricket, I love you. I'm sorry for the trouble I've caused. Old Charlie, he went down to a hardware store. He thought of vice might be thing to make his own what he didn't realize in that hardware store is that a vice don't fit in your pocket and it's a long walk home lord yeah it is dear cricket how could you you knew i'd take the fall Dear Cricket, I love you, I'm sorry for the trouble I've caused. It was all over now, had us dead to rights. In the darkness we found freedom, the justice was shining her light. They caught old Charlie red-handed, in my car wasn't exactly mine. I'm sorry for the trouble All right, our case this week, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. As we mentioned, two of the worst that we've ever done. Oh, fire and gasoline. I've always had it in the back of my head to do this one, um, but I didn't know all that much about it. It just looked interesting. Like these two look like a weird pairing, you know, kind of like William Bonin and, and the, was the dude that he had. With uh, it, was, it was like we've talked about it so many times. Where like these two people never should have met. Right. You know, like society, the world, everybody was just way worse off as soon as they had a, 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 how And it's always like the most chance encounter too. Like an ad in a classifieds. Like right. These these two met through a what a right wing magazine group or yeah, something it was like, like that? Uh, classifieds in a right wing like uh, survivalist magazine type of thing. That's right. 
What do you think their ads were like? <laughs> maybe they were just maybe maybe it wasn't a chance encounter. Maybe it was destined for them to meet because they had such they were just such outcast to society and they had such similar interests. They were so into guns and like violence. Right. And like though back then there was only so many forums. Like it's not like the internet now where it's wide open where like millions of people are communicating about everything and Reddit there's subreddits and all this shit about guns and violence and all that like Back then, there's like three magazines about it, and the odds were they were going to find each other in the classifieds eventually. Okay, th- yeah, that makes sense. They're both ex-military too, right? Yes, both. I think they were both Marines, they right? They were. They were both Marines. Which is crazy. It says something about them. It's not easy to make it in the Marines. It says something about their drive to be violent. Uh, Yeah. Like, they really wanted to kill bad enough that they were willing to go through boot camp and all that. Yeah, they did. They had and that was their motive. Like they, they, they didn't do it because they wanted to protect the country. Like they were just, they just wanted to get their hands on a gun and get, be given the right to kill people. Yeah. In my opinion, you think the whole time Although, they were trying, they were wanting to do that. Uh, yeah, I think so. Wow. Except Leonard Lake never really saw any combat. He was just like hanging out in Vietnam, like in a tent, like it was like mash. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a peace sign on his helmet, and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> uh, born to chill. I guess. <laughs> Meanwhile, Charles Ng's uh, favorite work time chant after being uh, discharged from military uh, was no gun, no fun, no kill, no thrill. Daddy dies, mommy cries, baby fries. Yikes. So, yeah, the guy. And, and when we say discharged, it was not uh, it was not like your honorable discharge. He was he stole weapons from the military and was like arrested and imprisoned and yeah. escaped. And it's a, we'll get into all of that. Right. Let's start at the beginning with Leonard Lake. Um Leonard Lake, he was born in San Francisco, California, on October 29th, 1945. He shares a birthday with Winona Ryder and Bob Ross. Oh, he's not worthy. I feel like we've done Bob like this birthday. I guess we've done so many episodes that we're bound to just run into the same birthdays eventually. Right, but we can't remember because um, I though, feel so like we've fine. definitely talked Bob. We've talked Bob Ross. We've definitely talked Bob before. Ross plenty of times, but I don't know if yes. it had anything to do with birthdays. Maybe it just came up naturally. Yeah, it, he comes up naturally now. He's very relevant still. It's strange. Yeah. Especially when, when you when you partake in certain activities. Right. Bob Ross just tends to come up. It does. Just stays on your TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> For hours and hours. Hours and hours. <laughs> Never leaves. He's, he's just like another family member, really. Yeah, he's just hanging out in the kitchen painting, painting another painting. You can watch if you want. He doesn't care. It's fine. Yeah. He makes it look so goddamn easy. He so does, and the the darn brushes sound so amazing when they hit the canvas. I'm like, wow. Yeah. See, and that's what we need to do a palate cleanser. Let's talk Bob Ross for a minute whenever it gets too heavy. Okay, okay, that's what we'll do. It's the perfect palate cleanser. All right, all right. So when uh, Leonard Lake was six years old, his parents separated, and he and his siblings moved back in with their maternal parent. Uh, with, moved in with their maternal grandmother, and the maternal grandmother supposedly had some. Uh, weird activities that she would let her grandkids take part in and, and uh, actually encourage. Oh. Uh, he, Leonard was actually reported to be a bright child. However, he had an affinity for photographing his sister's nude, which is something that his grandmother apparently encouraged. Okay. What's the evidence of that, though, that she encouraged it? Uh, it's all over every source I've, I've pretty much read. So Okay. I it's guess she didn't do anything uh, to stop it. I mean, it's kind of hard to miss this sort of behavior, I would think. Right. What was the, the the name of that documentary I watched on YouTube? It was very good. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. <clears throat> What's it called? Looking into Evil or... Journey into Evil? Journey into Evil. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Journey into Evil from 2012. It's on YouTube. 
uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng documentary. Um, yeah, so that it was in that documentary. It was in another documentary I watched. It was in some articles. It's I, I, and I think it was it was benign in her own mind as far as far as like she didn't think she was doing anything that was gonna affect him later. I think she was trying to encourage his his free thinking what? and his oh. his uh, arts artsiness like oh he's he wants to maybe he wants he could say that is something people do they photograph and they paint naked people but yeah it's your yeah. it's an underage child As and adults, it's his sister it's yeah just, yeah it's just yeah exactly that's that's grandma strange. had the wrong ideas yeah gra- come and on grandma she may have helped to create one of the worst worst evil people of all time and she was just like yeah he's just you know he's just a different different kitty <laughs> he's just a, <laughs> he's just a kitty from a different litter that's all it is <laughs> Can we do a New Yorker uh, or a Boston accent on Granny? Where, is that where they're reason. from? It'd be fun. I don't know. Are they? From? No. Uh, we talked about San Francisco, California. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you know what? That makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. San, of course, San Francisco. He's painting his. Or he's bunch taking of, pictures. Bunch of, his of hippies out there. Yeah. <laughs> it it <laughs> it didn't take long for him to become obsessed with pornography. He allegedly also extorted his sisters to perform sexual acts. Yeah. He also collected mice and killed them by dissolving them in chemicals in the same manner he would. Spoiler alert, later dispose of his human victim corpses. So, wow. Yeah, he did a lot uh, of research. I mean, they, he did a lot of research they, on his victims. I don't know how much dissolving in chemicals they did with the bodies. It's 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 like it seems like they used a lot of different methods, him and Charles Ng later on with for the disposal of the bodies, like burning, crushing up the bones. Like they did not find much of the victims. It was just like scattered pieces of like charred bones and Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them to use chemicals too, though. You know, just, they had their own little freaking wonderland out there where they were doing all kinds of oh, they were absolutely disgusting stuff. They were that's what I'm saying. Like Leonard Lake was very interested in the experiment. He was ex- he was interested, kind of like in Bob Berdella sense, like you mentioned earlier, in the way of seeing how far the human body can go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the human mind. Yeah, and the human mind. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> so after attending Balboa High School. Lake enlisted in the United States Marine Corps in 1964, right? The perfect time, right? When uh, old Vietnam was kicking off. Yeah, there you go. He served, he served two tours of duty in the Vietnam War as a radar electronics technician. Like I said, not seeing any, any combat at all. Hanging out in a tent playing around with his little radar. <laughs> Maybe seeing blips on the radar disappeared as, as another person died. I don't know. I don't, but yeah, I don't think he had The way he acts later on, you would think that he had just been like Rambo out there, you know? War paint on, sc- carrying around scalps or something. That's probably how he imagined himself. Oh, but then for sure. he just realized, oh wait, I'm I'm not that strong. I need to pray on the weak. Yeah, yeah. That's something they say about military veterans. And I mean, if you're if you're a veteran in the military, whether you saw combat or not, like still thank you for your service. Absolutely. But they say that um, like the people that saw like true combat, like they really like took part in killing and and almost being killed and all that stuff like they're the they're the more quiet ones as far as like i and i have i have a friend who did a tour in in afghanistan and and like it takes a lot for you to get him to talk about some of the stuff that happened right and that's it's just kind of like it seems like the people that didn't see as much maybe they saw a little bit or whatever they just can't shut up about it yeah yeah because they know, didn't can't have, say that it, i have an experience maybe they but. didn't have a, a you know a traumatic experience and if it was I mean, if you really yeah, think about that, regardless of yeah, regardless of the reason in which you had to take someone's life, it's still going to affect you. Oh, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? These guys are still going to see this for the rest of their life. They still have to live with that decision to take someone else's life. And that's yeah, 
And that's not something you want to talk about, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, during this period, while he was in Vietnam as a radar electronics technician, he was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder after what was termed uh, a delusional breakdown in Da Nang. He received a psychotherapy and in 1971, a medical discharge from the Marines. So you got to be definitely going through some shit to get released from the Marines during Vietnam. It seemed like they would take anybody and everybody and throw you out there. But man, like that's how uh, messed up he was at the time. He said he had a delusional breakdown. He yeah. didn't get real scientific with that name. They're like, well, we don't well, know. They weren't, all that sci- they weren't all that scientific in the early 70s with mental he's illness. He's delusional. The kid's having like, a breakdown. I don't know. Get him the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. This kid's crazy. Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, after He's even too crazy for Vietnam. Exactly. You'd think they'd just send him out there with a gun, but then they'd probably be worried he'd be killing his own com- compatriots. Oh, yeah. He was, a, he was definitely a wild card. Yeah. After leaving the military, Lake settled in in San Jose and enrolled at San Jose University but dropped out after one semester after becoming enamored with the hippie lifestyle in San Francisco. There you Francisco. go. I told you. Those damn San Francisco hippies. <laughs> yeah. He's probably still taking <laughs> pictures of his sister nude or something. Oh, God. Uh, he moved to a commune there and married briefly in 1975. The marriage dissolved after his wife discovered that he was making and appearing in amateur pornographic movies, usually involving bondage or sadomasochism. Ma- masochism. So, uh, she, so, so he's she wasn't weird, into that then. Okay. He, he, yeah, but he found someone later. Trust, don't worry about that. Oh, okay. He found old. There's old someone out there for everybody. On. Yeah, cricket. Somewhere out there is your cricket people. That's right. Hold um, on to hope. But he was like this weird cocktail of like, like violent, violent tendencies, gun lover, like ex-military, like the last guy you would expect to be living on a hippie commune. The people. The other people on the commune must have just been like, how the hell, why is this guy here? How do we get rid of him? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're all sitting around, long hair, playing guitar, talking about Woodstock, and, and right. then here he is fucking talking about, you know, his tour in Vietnam and how he can't wait to kill. And I don't know. I just picture him not fitting in so well. I'm sure he didn't, but he probably also seemed like the scariest person there, which he probably loved. Oh, no that. doubt. No doubt. Uh, the, the the one common ground that I'm sure he had with the other people on the commune is he he big fan of nudity. Oh yeah, all big fan of nudity. I always want just like apparently he had like eventually he would have like this big album of nudie pictures. He would like pay women to take pictures nude for him, and he just would show this thing to everybody. Wow. Well, that makes sense. And when that, yeah. I mean. You think about it, the sex drive, especially for someone like this, is the most important part of his life. You were talking about how crazy it was for him to, you know, being a gun nut and being so right wing, want to live with these hippies. But you got to think the most driving thing in his life was his sexual sexual tendencies, which aligned with theirs a lot more than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is a common thing we've seen, uh, mommy issues with a lot of the killers we've studied. Uh, his mom, he felt abandoned by his mom, and then he later would get. Uh, divorce and he just felt like women kept kind of stomping on him mm-hmm. and that's that's where that just vitriol that he had and you could see it play out later when after he would help hold these women captive and try to make them into these submissives it, he had this deep hatred for women that it, that he and he blamed it on them it was not like nothing was ever his fault much like charles ing same thing nothing was ever his fault right. all the way to the end he's still blaming the judge when he gets sentenced and it's just like that that's really what it comes down to is just like not being able to take responsibility for yourself or your own actions. You know that's that's one common thread with killers. 
It's because it's they, always someone else's fault. I feel like they don't fully socially mature because they get that one hang up. You know, at whatever mm-hmm. age they get that hang up, especially for men. And even in in the documentary and uh, was it Journey to Evil? In that yeah. documentary, one of the detectives talked about how talking to Ing in particular was like talking to a child. He was like, if you showed any type of dominance towards him, he would shut down immediately. Yep. And you're talking, about, oh, you're talking yeah. about a man with combat training, and he would just mm-hmm. shut down immediately, like you were his yep. father towering over him. It was like it's yeah, it's almost like he would if you would come at him, and then he would come back like ten times harder. And if you didn't, if you didn't back down. And you came back on him again, yeah. like you said, it was immediately into submissive mode. Yep. He was like basically trying to call your bluff. Like, let's see if this guy's a bitch or not. Exactly. And if you called his, he would cower immediately. Yeah. So yeah, after this this latest marriage, he ma- briefly married in 1975 that we mentioned. It dissolved after his wife discovered he was making all these pornographic movies, and she just had enough of it. And like, it seemed like after that was when it was like full on. I'm gonna make a sex dungeon mode. For the next eight years, he lived at the Greenfield Ranch, a 5,600-acre back-to-the-land settlement near Calpella, north of Ukiah in Northern California. And it seems like in the documentary they showed this town is a very small, kind of dingy town where you're, you could kind of live anonymously, go in, and like not really – it was just like a perfect place for him to, to put out something like this. It's kind of like cabins in the woods in like a small town. Yeah, and the, how he got this place is not by like hard work and purchasing this cabin in the woods. It's like his first wife, she even they they ended on good enough terms that she let him stay in this cabin out there, even though they were separated. That's something that I'd uh, I read about, and so like that's it, it, a lot of the sources you study don't really mention how he came to acquire this right cabin. I didn't know because he wasn't working a lot of times. I was curious about that. yeah. So it's it's his first wife's like parents' cabin or something, and like so he just kind of took it over. And she let it happen. And next thing you know, he's like excavating and like putting in yeah, this they, fucking dungeon. Hey, they put in work on that thing. The way they dug out oh, no the doubt. ground to make the rooms he, and stuff he, underground, that was crazy. I saw footage, uh, his no home footage of jobs. him. There's home footage of him doing it. Like he he's talking about running the backhoe for 24 hours straight and having a bunch of dudes help him dig it out with pickaxes and whatnot. Yeah, it was insane the amount of work they put into it. It's like, where were they getting their money from? Yeah, you know, we're all motivated differently. All he could he, he just put in the endless hours thinking about how much fun he's gonna have in there, I guess. Oh god. Fucking creep. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> um so wh- while in Calpella, uh in Northern California, he met and eventually married Clarion Clarilyn Ballas, better known as Cricket, who became involved in his fantasies and appeared in many of his pornographic films and should be still in prison to this day. She really got off uh, way too easy. Kind of like with a slap on the wrist with this whole thing because she ended up testifying against them. But she played a big role in this whole thing, and she's a, a terrible person. Huge role. She was like the bait for a lot of these girls too. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And she knew it and took and she and she's on film taking part in a lot of this yep. shit and talking about it. That she's being interviewed by Lake in the in his home videos talking about picking up young girls and she wouldn't mind seeing them disappear. Yep. But she got full immunity for for testifying. And didn't she work at a school? I want to say she was working at a school at the time. She had access to these young girls. Oh, my God. I didn't know about that. Yeah. That says something about this little town. (laughs) It's like if if a girl at Cricket could be working at a school. Freaking rickety cricket. (laughs) 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 
Oh boy, man! Some of the videos I heard too. There's the even in the documentary they show like her with the paddle, like when they're getting all kinky. Oh yeah. Oof. Uh, so Leonard Lake's growing fear of impending nuclear holocaust supposedly prompted him to begin construction on of a bunker on the settlement grounds until the owner of the property became aware of the project and ordered it halted. The owner must have been to his ex's parents, so like his ex-in-laws. Oh yeah, probably. Although he still he still carried on with it. I just don't. Maybe it didn't turn out as awesome as he had wanted. Right. You see the the police do. Uh, there's footage of them doing the walkthrough of his bunker and finding the secret door that goes through it. It just looks like a like a tool shed when yeah. you walk in. And the but door then there's looks like a, like a trap door, shelf, right? Yes. It's and then there's like these little holding cells, and one of them had like a two way mirror and shit. Very. Ugh. This is literally like a horror movie. And the, the, it's like hostile. The holding cells were like the size of a portageon. Yeah, like there was no, no room in them, and there was no yeah. light. And no he could always watch you. He even had he even had uh, night vision cameras that he could view them when it was pitch black in there. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's dive into the early life of Charles Ng. Ng was born in British Hong Kong, the son of a wealthy Hong Kong executive and his wife. As a child, Ng was harshly disciplined and abused by his father. Yeah, this is like the documentary described the abuse he suffered. It was very much like uh, his dad expected a lot of him and was trying to supposedly toughen him up. Toughen him up. He was like beating him, but the whole while saying, "I'm doing this for your own good and I love you," and right. like beating beating him merc- mercilessly. Yeah, I wonder how mercilessly I, it was. You know, not a great way to toughen your kid up. You know, like if you want to toughen your son up. Like when he falls down, scrapes his knee, maybe don't make a big deal out of run over and pick him up and. All that, just kind of be like, you're okay, son, get up, yeah. dust it off. You know, that's maybe the better way instead of like shoving his head in a toilet and be like, you're, you, this is for your best, this is for your own good, son. He shoved his head in the toilet? You. I don't know. I'm just making it. Oh. No, I don't know necessarily. I maybe. Think, I don't know. I kind of got the vibe like he was over exaggerating. Like it probably wasn't as bad as he really thought. It's possible, knowing Ying's character. Yeah, that's for what sure. I'm saying. He was, he was definitely dramatic. And all, everything was always everyone else's fault. So this would kind of play to his motives, you know, like I, they, my dad made me this way, or like society made me this way by treating me like shit and all that, you know, that that same old sob story. A lot of the active shooters do and all that. Yep. This is other people's fault. Women, this is your fault because you didn't show me any attention. All that bullshit. Exactly. Um, as a teenager, he was described as a troubled loner and was expelled from several schools. After his arrest for shoplifting at age 15, his father sent him to. Bentham Grammar School, I'll probably butcher that, in uh, a boarding school in North Yorkshire. Have we been corrected on how to say Yorkshire? Yorkshire. It's, it's, is it Yorkshire? Yorkshire or Yorkshire, I think, depending on whether you're <laughs> north <laughs> or south. We still haven't gotten it right. It's yeah. Yorkshire. It just don't sound good. I think we should just say Yorkshire just because hey, it's more irritating. Big ups to, to the British folk because they always have a good sense of humor with us. They like really we, we do. butcher all their you know what we never get one stars like they mispronounce my city. They, they don't they don't take themselves too seriously over there most of the Thank time, you. I have to say. Like I love we that. rarely get a bad review from the people in, over in, in the UK. They usually just kinda like laugh to themselves like these idiots, they said every fucking town wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I do. I love I love that, guys. We really appreciate and then some that of our of some, of, some of the Americans over here with sticks up their ass, they give us a one star cuz we called them a freeloader with the tongue in cheek, you know. We're just joking around, but Apparently I'm a freeloader. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Not long after leaving or not long after arriving, rather. Uh Ing was expelled for stealing from other stu- other students and returned to Hong. What did you expect? He was sent here because he was a little klepto. Right. Of course, he's, you got to keep an eye on him. He's going to steal more shit. 
You know, that's why he's here. He's been to a, a basically a grammar school slash boarding school in Yorkshire. <laughs> Yorkshire. Uh, it, it, because he was a little klepto over in uh, China. Right. And what do you expect? He's going to steal some more shit from these little British kids. It's just going to happen. I think it's just a way for him to get out of these things. I think he's in. It's, he keeps being put in these situations he doesn't want to be put in, and he's like, all right, yeah. well, fine. Now I'm going to do something to get kicked out. He's lashing out. He's looking for some sort of excitement, and he's trying to be a rebel. Yeah. And it probably comes from the abuse from his father. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the it's it's one of the three on the McDonald triad, right? Theft, like being a little klepto. It's like fires, uh, thievery, and wetting the bed or something like that. It's animal it? cruelty, fire. Oh, okay. Thievery is not on there. It should be. It needs no. to be the McDonald quad. Something. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if theft is is part of it. Maybe a lot of theft. Yeah, when you, know you just I mean? can't you just can't quit shoving shit in your pockets and you don't even want it. Like the, it wasn't a, was it Winona Ryder who was like shoplifting? I, I don't want to besmirch the wrong female celebrity, but I, I feel like it was it might have been her. That was, was it like, her birthday? She's a millionaire. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of funny, right? Wow, that is funny. Yeah. Interesting. Well, she her birthday was shared with uh, Leonard Lake. Face, old Leonard Lake. Oh. Speaking of which, December twenty fourth birthdays. We we forgot. Oh, did we? Charles Ng. Charles Ng. He was as we mentioned. He was born. Uh, oh, we didn't mention it. He was born Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And uh, he shares a birthday. We looked this one up, and it immediately enraged me because it's just a list of oh my children. God. It's garbage. That must be YouTube stars. Oh, wait, wait, here we go. Haley Arona. I don't know if you ever heard of sixteen year old Instagram star. Never heard of. Uh, Diego Martir, 15-year-old, Instagram star, Instagram wow. star, Instagram YouTube star, star, Instagram star, 16 years old, 11 years old, 13 years old, 12 years old, uh, all Instagram in, and YouTube stars. And then when you <laughs> scroll down the page far enough, you get to people who have really done some shit, like Lemmy from Motorhead. Hell yeah. It's way down below all these fucking children. Wow. Rest in peace, Lemmy. You're a legend. Seriously. And also, you know what? You know what? Say what you want about Ryan Seacrest. That guy's a, a he grinds, and he's worked his ass he's off. He's the best goddamn the empire host that he's created. Ever. And he's damn good at hosting, no doubt about it. He can it. host anything. But yeah, <laughs> dude, literally, just frustrated me. You have to scroll through pages of children that are supposedly Instagram stars that if you're over the age of 12, you haven't heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's legends down there below all these kids. Yeah, I know, man. It's unreal. It's, it's the world we live yeah. in now, man. We're old fogies. We're already old, old fogies. It's awful. Yeah, so after stealing from the, the boarding school in Yorkshire, he would then, uh, Ng was then moved to the United States on a student visa in 1978 and studied biology at the College of Notre Dame in Belmont, California. But he's still on the right path, I suppose. He's still bouncing back. He's moving from freaking country to country. Right. Stealing shit and just kind of making his way. He dropped out after one semester. It was during this time that he met Leonard Lake, although they wouldn't start their crime spree for a few years. So this meeting, this meeting that never should have happened and it's i have I've heard multiple ways that they met uh through different sources one way one that i heard was a friend of ing's had met leonard lake through the classifieds in one of these right-wing military magazines and after meeting leonard lake was a little creeped out about him but knew like that his buddy charles ing would him and those two would just oh, hit it off totally you ever meet somebody and you're like oh you would love oh, my buddy listen you would love my <laughs> creepy friend you're both so creepy right? <laughs> If I could just pawn my creepy friend off yeah, on you because you're be creepy great. too, and then I'll just be done with it, right. that would be awesome. Oh, so that's what you need to do. So if you have a creepy friend in your life, go try to find another one, right? Yes. And then set those two creepy friends up, and then you're free. And then know that you're going <sighs> to 
probably a lot of people are going to suffer because of it, though. That's the thing. Ah, true, true, true. Well, uh, w- yeah. well, in life, most people, when I say creepy, I don't mean serial killer. I just mean, you know, true. just regular creepy. It's hard to be a serial killer in the 21st century. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. There's too much surveillance everywhere and all that shit. If you're, you know, like we said, Godspeed. If you're trying to be a serial killer now, good luck with that. <laughs> it's the age of spree killers now, unfortunately. This is where we're, this is where we're at now. We, we're so... We're so numb to this subject that we're actually wishing serial killers good luck. That's where we're at. <laughs> That's where we're at. What, what are we, episode like 80? Wow. I don't know. It's crazy. Best of luck to you, sir. <laughs> Best of luck to you. At least you're working for it, unlike these freaking cowardly, cowardly freaking spree killers. Right, building a bunker and just doing everything where people can't be hurt. Yeah. They're putting in work. Right. <laughs> nah, man. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them all. Fuck everybody that kills innocent people. You're all garbage. You're all a piece of human garbage. What is this garbage? What is this garbage? <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so not long after Charles Ng dropped out of college, he was involved in a hit-and-run accident, and avo- to avoid prosecution, he enlisted in the United States Marine Corps. That makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Like, listen, I'll pay my... I'll pay my dude, how many... If we knew how many people were in the Marine Corps because it was either Marine Corps or jail, it would probably just be scary. Right. Not only that, like he he wasn't even a U.S. citizen. He had to like have a fake visa and shit to to like to make it work. I, I think he had like a fake. He enlisted. That's so sketchy. Uh, yeah, there was some way he did it illegally that he enlisted. Interesting. He became a Marine in 1979 with help. He claimed of recruiting sergeant and false documents arrest, uh, attesting to his birth in Bloomington, Indiana. There we go. So, uh, so he claimed to he, he basically lied to his recruiting sergeant and gave him false documents, which I'm sure they they get kickbacks for getting people to sign up so the sergeant was kind of like yeah these look good to me yeah good enough probably like fucking handwritten and like oh, sloppy dude, have you seen chinese handwriting and he's like yeah this will work dude the rec- the recruiters make the most money man like the marine saying, recruiters man. when my buddy tell you anything when my buddy was joining the marines his recruiter always pulled up like i swear to god he had like three cars and one of them was a corvette one was like a brand new cadillac escalade it's just funny story. The the, the dude I was talking about that did uh tour in Afghanistan and shit. Yeah. Uh when he when he signed up, uh he signed up with like a group of other kids and like they were being driven to whatever the military base, right? Right. And and the the one kid that signed up at the same time as my buddy, like he he just he wanted out. Like they had to the morning he was supposed to go take this drive with sergeant and stuff, like it was fully committing day. Right. Like they had to like basically call him and like sit outside of his house and get him to come out and then he was trying to make all these excuses like i just i i'm not gonna pass the drug test i was just smoking and stuff and the, the drill sergeant like stopped got like a gallon of water and was like chug all this water on your drive like trying to get him to where he passed the test and shit like he said they'll do anything to get you Holy to get you to sign because they're getting kickbacks and you know the military's just trying to get you yeah so wow did they make him sign up i don't, I don't remember what happened with him but uh, I mean, he chugged the water. I don't know if he passed the test or not. I do know that when you, the closer you get to signing day, the more, the more clingy they Serious are. Things get. They get clingy. Oh, yeah. They get real clingy, oh, yeah. man. Because they probably have a ton of people try to back out. Yeah, they don't want you getting cold feet. Yeah. It's scary, man. They need them. So, so old uh, Charles Ng, he signs up for the Marine Corps, and after less than a year of service, he was arrested by military police for guess what? Is Old it stealing? Theft. He, he just, yeah, he just, he just man, Dude. think of all the shit you could steal when you're in the military. There's just sh- all this awesome stuff everywhere. There's like hand grenades and <laughs> there's just so There's much cool so shit many cool steal. things, man. Yeah. Uh, so he, he apparently like befriended the, the 
guy, the, the kid that was working at the gun desk or whatever. There's like a desk in like where you, you go to get weapons and whatnot, and you have to have approval to, right. to get they certain things. Be but out. Behind yeah. this guy is like the coolest shit ever, rocket launchers and all this stuff, right. automatic weapons. And so Charles Ng befriends him. He was pretty good at making friends, by the way. Uh, a lot He's better a than, than... probably. Yeah, he, he was a lot better at making friends than, than his, uh, his buddy... Oh, Lake. Uh, Lake, Leonard Lake, yeah. So he befriends the, the dude at the gun counter and gets him to look the other way so he can steal a bunch of automatic weapons. Oh, he gave him the old look over there. Yep. Snatched them all. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, so he was uh, then arrested by the military police for theft of automatic weapons from the Marine base when he was stationed uh, at in o- Oahu, Hawaii. So he was actually stationed in Hawaii wow. when he stole these weapons. Why would you want to get kicked out and, of Hawaii? Right. Yeah, how bad could it be? Seriously, you're in Hawaii. Especially post Pearl Harbor. You know, they're like on super high security alert. Like, oh. That's probably was like the safest base in the in the world at that time. Not not that long after Pearl Harbor. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Or maybe it um, was facing. Tense. Maybe. Facing. Well, I think he just couldn't help himself. He's, getting, he's bound to steal oh, every, yeah, every yeah. time. Oh, yeah. When faced with uh, the option to steal or not steal, he's going to pick steal every time. Definitely. Um, facing court martial, he escaped from custody in 1980 and made his way back to Northern California, where he was reunited with Leonard Lake. Oh, together again. Reunited, and it <laughs> feels <so> good. <laughs> oh. They then held hands and frolicked through, through a bunch of sunflowers. Through a torture chamber. Oh. Ing <laughs> <laughs> uh, managed to stay off the radar for almost two years, but in 1982, federal authorities raided the mobile home he shared with Leonard Lake in Ukiah. Among the items seized were a large stash of illegal weapons and explosives. Lake was released on $6,000 bond and promptly jumped bail and drifted around the state using a series of pseudonyms. Ing, that was him and Leonard Lake were very good at acquiring pseudonyms and living off the radar. Like they would just like snatch an ID from somebody, yeah. and eventually they would start killing people that looked like them so that they could uh, steal their money and whatnot. What's funny about that is Leonard Lake was one of those guys that rants and raves about people that are taking advantage of the system and like being lazy and you know like the people on welfare and all that yeah. he's one of those guys that's always raving about that uh-huh. but as soon as he got the chance he would kill people steal their identity and steal their retirement and and their money and their cars and their houses and everything else and sell it all that's eventually how he got caught wasn't it he bought a car from a guy and then killed him yep yep, yep. Um, Ng was returned to the Marines' custody and pleaded guilty to the, to the theft and desertion charges. Under terms of his plea deal, he was paroled and dishonorably discharged in 19, 1984 after serving 18 months in the military stockade at the United States Disciplinary Barracks at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. We talked about that oh, place before. Shoot. With old Carl Pansram. Oh, is that where Pansram was? Yeah, I remember he was at Leavenworth. Oh, man. Among other places where he escaped yeah, about 60 years I think Leavenworth this. might have been where I think Leavenworth might have been where he uh did the old ladder trick and oh, broke all his bones damn the old 30 foot ladder trick made out of trash <laughs> never works <laughs> the old 30 foot trash ladder trick <laughs> oh god haven't yeah. we all been there yep mm. so well let's get to why you guys are here the murders oh, in 1984 here? well yeah <laughs> not here for the jokes <laughs> Thank God. In 1984, after Ng was dishonorably discharged and had served his time, Lake invited him to share a cabin near Willysville that he was renting from Claire Balzas. That was his first wife. Okay, so now we're to Willysville's this this dainty town. I had them mixed up. Okay. Sorry, the trailer park was the other town. This is now they have the cabin that his ex-wife 
uh, his parents have out there that they don't use that he can apparently use. Um, and now he has invited Ng to come out here and live with him in cricket. Uh, Lake told Ng about his plan to create the perfect woman. His misogynistic idea was that the perfect woman was 100% compliant with her man. He called her an off-the-shelf lover, meaning he could take her off the shelf and do whatever he wanted to her and then put her back or throw her away when he was done with her. Yikes. Um, most, most people would have been horrified. However, Charles Ng how, was all in, of course. Mm. Um, so uh, did you hear the his kind of this thing that got in his head? We didn't really bring it up in his upbringing, uh, that being Leonard Lake, but he be- he became obsessed when he was younger with the book called The Collector. Right. Do you remember that yes, when I studying do. this? And, and the book was about a, a teenager that was awkward and so like basically had no friends. Yes. And he collected butterflies. That was his his hobby. And while collecting butterflies, he came across this girl named Miranda. He became obsessed with her, and she had nothing to do with them. Yeah, and it, it, he like captured her and made him his his captive, right? And that's that's where Leonard Lake became obsessed and inspired by this book. That among other things that happened in his childhood that we already went over, and his hatred, and towards just women, the fact right? that with his yeah, and just the fact that he's just probably him. a bad bad seed from the get go, right? As well, yeah. but yeah, the collector of that book was a big part of his inspiration, and he even uh, into adulthood when he be, had this sex dungeon, he said that he was looking for his Miranda, which is kind of creepy because that's my wife's name as well, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, that is creepy. But, but he was trying to find his Miranda, this perfect submissive woman that he could, quote-unquote, take off the shelf and have sex with any time and then put her back. Um, and if he couldn't find one, he was going to make one. And he had these ideas. And in his video blogs, he was basically doing video blogs back in the 80s on VHS. And They're so and awkward, too. His, he's just, like, sitting in a recliner. Yeah. <laughs> and like Sometimes he's, like, he staring acts, at the ceiling while he's talking. Yeah, <laughs> he acts like he's talking to a therapist. Yeah, yes. he's, like, leaned back in a chair, and he's like... So if I abuse them enough, then I can get them to be my Miranda, my perfect submissive. If by beating them down just the perfect way and keeping them locked in this room is just like the wor- this is where I grew to hate him, to where I just had these images of grabbing him by his neck and just bashing his face in. He was. Um... I became very violent just this studying this case, as I just could have just had nonstop images of bashing his head in. Yeah, he's he was an awful person, dude. He the way that he the spoke worst. about his crimes reminded me of. The worst. Uh, was it was it BTK, who was very Maybe. just matter of factly? I think Ridgeway was, was kind of like that yeah, too. Ridgeway but was Ridgeway like that too. wasn't as hateable. He was just a fucking dullard. Yeah, he was a dumbass. You know, like he he just like killed because he didn't want to pay them. That's all it came down to. Like he wasn't like he didn't get all that off, get off that much on killing. I don't think. Right. Ridgeway was more just like, well, why would I pay him when I could just kill him? Like he was that dumb. Yeah, but <laughs> but Dennis Raider. The way that he talked about it and the way that he planned yes. everything out was just, you're like, you're just a Speaking piece of Speaking of trash. which, have you been watching season two? I haven't yet. Of Mindhunter? Mindhunter? Oh, man. A lot of BTK in I this know, one so far. On I'm it. a couple episodes in. I don't have a whole lot of time or else I would have already watched the whole thing. But I've been, uh, this weekend, I've checked out a couple episodes. It's phenomenal. It's picked up right where it left off. It's oh, great. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. They actually had uh, Son of Sam. An actor played him, and it was awesome. He looked just like him. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I got to see that old Berkowitz. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Next to the cabin, Lake had built a structure described in his journals as a dungeon. At this point, he had pr- probably already murdered his brother Donald and his and his best man, Charles Gunner. So he murdered his best friend and lured his brother out as well, who looked yep. quite a bit like him. 
and murdered them both to basically take their identities. They were they were both wealthy brothers. I mean, you know, acor- well, yeah, compared his, to Leonard, at least. Yeah, well, Charles was his best friend. So, I mean, this just shows you this guy has no, just absolutely no soul, no uh, whatever conscience we have, like whatever kind of good is in us, he has none of it. He kill, he goes and sh- executes his brother to steal his identity and his best friend. Unbelievable. That's a complete sociopath, man. He has no, no regard for human life. Nope. The dungeon that uh, Leonard Lake had built was a bleak place. It was six foot five by three foot five room hidden behind a false wall. The only thing inside the room was a bucket and toilet paper. One of the walls was a one-way mirror so he could see in from the outside and observe the prison ins- the person inside. Rules were posted on the wall. These rules, oh, they made my blood boil, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, the, blue, the, the fucking rules were the worst. Um, this basically telling this woman how to behave and, like, basically, like, you will not have your arms crossed. You will not show any disapproval of your master, like, that type of shit. Um, yeah, the, the rules were encouraging the occupant to be subservient, neat, quiet, and unless eating, always keep their lips parted. That's disgusting. Yeah. In order to lure people into the cabin, Lake would pose as a photographer and suggest they use remote setting as it is beautiful in the Sierra Nevadas. They targeted women with families, and when the family arrived for their photos, they would take them all captive. That's the, another brutal thing is these dudes killed little children as well, which I know is a trigger for a lot of you people. So if, this might be the time to tap out if you're if you can't handle violence of children. Not that we're going we to cover that in detail. That. No, no, we're not going to cover that in detail because we have kids too, and we don't like that we're shit either. That. But but it is a part of the story, had no, unfortunately. Yeah, they had no qualms about killing kids to get what they wanted. You know, to get the, and that's the, some of the worst shit about this was the footage that they had that I've seen a little bit of was like them interviewing the moms of these families, and like they're talking. The mom is asking about their kid, like, "Where's my kid?" And they're using that against her to get her to be subservient, like. Yep. Well, we can either give the kid to another family or we can kill your kid. Like, they're literally saying that shit to these moms. And you know that they ended up killing the kid and you ended up killing the woman they're interviewing when you're watching this footage. It was super dark and brutal to watch. And it was all just to tie up ends for them. Like, they were never going to let any of these people live. They were just no, seeing and how they would far kill they could the, push these women. Yeah, and they would kill the husband slash father right away, obviously, because they were a bigger threat. You know what I... You know, and they didn't... You know what I started go ahead. putting together, you know, when these... Um, when it talked about how the fathers were killed in different ways, but they were always killed quickly, you know. You know how Leonard Lake carried the perfect dose of cyanide to kill a man? Yeah. Like, he had to figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's these are probably the test subjects, wouldn't you think? Oh, possibly, yeah. Most of these, these fathers of these families. I mean, he had to figure it out somehow. You can, It's not like you can take a couple and be like, well, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, yeah, well, in some of the drawings that uh, were later found of Charles Ng that actually helped to secure his conviction, uh, a lot of that—that that was a lot of the evidence they had was his drawings. This is such a strange some thing of the about drawings, this case. Oh my God, These the drawings crimes. were just disgusting. There was ones of him like laughing while killing babies. There was, and there was also some of them roasting human beings alive, which is quite possibly something that was going on. And they might have been doing that to the men. As well, there's like evidence that putting them over a fire, yeah. There are fire, there were like bonfires that were found yes. all over the property, and there were charred remains. And it's quite possible, according to the drawings, Ing showed that the person was screaming like obscenities at them while they were being burned alive. So it's possible they were not even killing them and burning them, they were burning them alive. Yep, there, there's a lot of evidence to back that up, and uh, there's yeah. a lot of evidence to back up almost all of the drawings that that Ing made. 
I don't think yeah. these were just from his imagination. Well, I mean, they they were from his imagination, but they happened. We're also possibly recreations. They of were something recreations. That happened. I, I I believe that. I believe that entirely. Yeah. So over the next year, Lake and Ng began a pattern of rape, torture, and murder. Their victims included their neighbor Lonnie Bond, his girlfriend Brenda O'Connor, their infant son Lonnie Jr., and Harvey and Deborah Dubbs, and their young son Sean. Sometimes they forced the men and children to watch the women being tortured before killing them. In their quest to make the perfect sex robot and completely break the women, they would kill, often kill their children in front of them. Oh, God. I had to, like, take a pause once they were done with the friends or family who came with the woman, Ng and Lake would then torture and rape the quote-unquote Mirandas for days before ultimately killing them for some sight, uh, for some slight. Yeah, so if the women uh, were not subservient or if they fought yeah. back at all, then they would just kill them faster. Cross their arms too many times. Right. Um, they took <laughs> copious. They took copious notes and videoed everything. They did so as a psychotic pseudo scientist who believed they were perfecting their craft. In reality, they were just monsters who reveled in their evil. This went on for about a year with police catching not even a whiff of anything going on. Uh, yeah, there was the woman that ended up getting kind of helping to get them caught was a woman whose brother had been killed by these two. And she, but all she knew is that her brother went missing and that he had posted his car in the classifieds to be sold for like 6400 bucks or whatever. And she thought maybe that was whoever had called about that had been the person to have to kill her, uh, her brother or was the reason he was missing. And right. so she kept like, so she initially reported her brother missing and the cops told her, well, anyone uh, uh, over the age of six years old, we're not going to, we're not going to look for a missing person over the age of six. And she said, well, I'm also reporting his car stolen. And they immediately started looking for the car and she's just blown away. Like, how is it that they're not willing to look for a missing person, but they'll jump on this car that's worth five grand right away and, and start looking right. for it. And but she consistently every month would report this car stolen and keep it on the hot list of stolen cars. And eventually that's what um, connected the police to these two. But we'll get back into that. Do you think it's just because of the manpower? It takes a lot less manpower to look for a car. Yeah, I suppose. Than it does a person. You know and, what I mean? Maybe they didn't have the manpower to do a full person search. Yeah, and in the 70s and 80s in California, how many serial right. killers have we studied in the 70s and 80s in California? Right. Like it's, they're a little busy. Missing, oh, another missing person? Busy. Cool. Uh, let's just say he ran yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have, we, have, we have thousands of people that are missing. All right. Yeah. Where are we going for lunch? Oh, you said you got a car? You got a car? Okay, a car. That's easier to find. Ah, damn it. Okay, we'll find the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lake and his wife... Uh, Cricket would even film pornos of themselves role-playing his work with other Mirandas and would give people in their swinger groups these videos. Other known victims included relatives and friends who came looking for Bond and O'Connor, two gay men, and some workmates of Ng. Um, yeah, so we talked a little bit about The Collector. Um, the Collector was a novel by John Foles, tells the story of a woman named Miranda who was kidnapped and enslaved by a sexual psychopath. Both Ng and Leonard Lake were big fans of this book, and the fantasies they derived from it inspired them to carry out their heinous crimes. In fact, this novel turned out to be so influential that the killers actually named their project after the book's protagonist, calling the crime spree Operation Miranda. Ng and Link were, Lake weren't alone in their appreciation of this bleak novel. Serial killer Christopher Wilder, who, who also killed eight women in the 1980s, was also said to have been an avid fan. Mm. So Yeah, this is like the... Uh, I wonder what that author would think This is like that. the incel Bible right here. Yeah. I mean... It's creepy. It's like video games and violence 
and stuff, like people trying to blame that. It's like if how many of us, how many people have read that book? Millions, right? And they don't have sex dungeons, you know what I mean? And then how many people play video yep. games? I've played Call of Duty and every other violent game, Grand Theft Auto, and I don't have any violent tendencies towards humans. I do, I'm the last, you know, I, I, I actually detest it. I hate violence. So, yeah. But fun to kill uh, virtual things that don't have any pain or they're not real. They're just, you know, a program. Absolutely. So, absolutely. It is fun. Yeah. And it's just Get a your book. What ifs out on Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. It's just a book based <laughs> in uh, fiction. So, yeah. There's there's a lot of violent books out there that are fiction based that, that don't lead people to kill. It's just like it just clicked with these two, and they probably would have done this shit regardless. They would have found another thing that inspired them. Oh yeah, this was just something to relate to. Something this was just maybe one more thing to make them feel normal or like it's a normal emotion. Mm-hmm. But and maybe I don't know. Like we talked about that before, where people they kind of feel some way inside, but their immediate surroundings, their family, their friends may make them feel that that is strange, but online or through oh, yeah, a book or through a piece those. of art, they can, yeah, they can relate yeah. and it makes them feel more normal and it gives them the confidence to, to keep going. And mm-hmm. I think these two meeting each other, plus these things like this novel and, yeah. and their, their political beliefs and everything, it just kind of sparked that fire between them two. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the confirmed victims. Uh, 1983, May 22nd, Charles Gunner who was 36, uh, and then in 1984, July, the Dubs family, uh, Harvey Dubs was the father, 29 years old, Deborah Dubs was a 33-year-old mother, and Sean Dubs was the one-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Um, in October of 1985, Randy Johnson, 34, 1985, April, Michael Car- uh, Carroll, who was 23, after April 12th, Kathleen Allen, 18 years old. April 19th, the Bond family, which uh, consisted of Lonnie Bond, 27 years old, was the father. Brenda O'Connor was the 19-year-old mother. And Lonnie Bond Jr. was the two-year-old son. Um, Then there was Robin Stapley, 26. And there's a list of possible victims as well. Donald Lake, which was Lake's brother. That's, more, I'd say, more probable than possible. Definitely, I'd say... He killed his brother and stole his identity. There's a good chance. Absolutely. Uh, and then in 1984, uh, some more possible victims. Jeffrey Askren, 30 years old. Donald Guletti, 36-year-old, was allegedly shot by Charles Ng. November 2nd, Paul, Paul Cosner was 39. And then in 1985, Clifford Parentenau was 23 and Jeff Gerald, 25. Um, and the number of the uh, victims supposedly was around 25. Let's get to their arrest. Uh, on, July, on June 2nd, 1985, Ng was caught shoplifting, shoplifting a vice from a hardware store in San Francisco and fled the scene. Lake later, later drove to the store and attempted to pay for the vice, but by then the police had arrived. And this, remember the woman I talked about who said her, her, her brother went missing and he had the classified car and all that? The yep. car that Leonard Lake was driving when he went to try and pay for the vice uh, was the car of the missing brother. Officers noticed Uh-oh. that Lake bore no resemblance to the photo in his driving license, which carried the name of Robin Stapley, a San Diego man reported missing by his family several weeks earlier. And that was the woman who, that was her brother, was Robin Stapley. And he was using his ID and driving his car. He was arrested after a gun equipped with uh, a prohibited silencer was found in the trunk of the vehicle. And later he was positively identified via fingerprint search. When Lake was arrested, he was immediately interrogated by authorities about the gun, the stolen car, and the missing man that had been stolen from. Recognizing that he was in a dire situation, Lake asked for a glass of water 
and took his first moment alone to write a short note. And those cyanide pills you talked about that he had worked out the, the chemistry on and, and knew exactly how much to take to kill a man, he yep. still had those, that ace in the hole, he still had those in his pocket. He removed Death in the, his pocket. Yep, he removed the two cyanide pills from his lapel. So I guess he they'd probably searched him, so he had to hide them somewhere sneakier than that. He had them in his lapel. Um he swallowed the two cyanide pills leading to his death a few days later. And we know cyanide is not a fun way to go. So that's one, one little bit of solace we have is that it's definitely a painful death if you've studied Jonestown at all in Jim Jones. Uh, right. Cyanide's not a good way to go. And that was one of the saddest parts of um, Jim Jones and that, that what we call a massacre, not a mass suicide, because a lot of those people didn't want to go. And if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out. But cyanide's not a good way to go is what I'm saying. No. Um, and it took him a few days to die, but I'm basically sure a lot of that he was seizure. unconscious. Yeah, I think he basically went into like an epileptic style seizure mm-hmm. on the floor, and then he was brain dead within what minutes? Right mm-hmm. by the time they took him to the hospital, he was already completely brain dead. Yeah. Uh, the license plate on Lake's vehicle was registered to him, but the vehicle itself was registered to Paul Cosner, who had disappeared in November of 1984. Lake's auto registration led detectives under the command of San Francisco Police Homicide Lieutenant Gerald McCarthy to the property in Willysville, where they found Stapley's truck and Bond's car, and behind the cabin, they found the dungeon. In a makeshift burial site nearby, police unearthed roughly 40 pounds of burned and crushed human bone fragments corresponding to at least 11 bodies. Two bodies later identified as Bond and Stapley had been gagged and executed by gunshots to the head. They were also apparently doing... Who was the... uh, uh, Remember the... Pizza Face, the Alaskan, Alaskan Disgrace, the, the case we did. He was doing, they were doing some of that yeah. where they were gagging and, and handcuffing the, uh, some of the dads or the husbands and having them run through the woods and they were hunting them. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. They were hunting and a that's, few of them. That's how the, the Alaskan serial killer can yeah. remember his name. Uh, Hanson? Robert Hanson. Hanson. Robert Hanson. You got it. Yeah. Alaska. Alaska was the Pizza Face, the Alaskan Disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> Because his face was always broke out. Yeah. yeah. We had a good uh, time with that one. Yeah, that was a good case. Police also found a hand-drawn treasure map, quote-unquote, leading to the leading them to two buried five-gallon buckets. One contained an assortment of ID papers and personal possessions, suggesting that a total of five-victim count could be as high as 25. In, other, uh, in the other were Lake's handwritten journals for the years 1983 and 1984, two videotapes documenting their torture of Brenda O'Connor and Deborah Dubbs, in one of the tapes, Ing is seen yelling or telling O'Connor, you can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do any good. We are pretty cold-hearted, so to speak. In others, Dubs is shown being assaulted and so severely that she could not have survived. So basically, uh, the video shows her being murdered. <laughs> I um, like how he says cold-hearted, so to speak. Yeah, right? Pretty so poetic. Heart. <laughs> you can cry and stuff. <laughs> but we're pretty cold-hearted, man. Yeah, we're pretty cold-hearted over here. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's talk about the extradition and trial of Ng, who was still around to face the music. Lake's wife, uh, Clarilyn Ballas, or Cricket, Cricket. Uh, cooperated with investigators and received legal immunity from prosecution, which is absolute bullshit, man. They had enough evidence. They didn't need her, in my opinion, to bring down Ng. And, and Leonard Lake was already I'm dead. Like, why? Right. There's video fucking tapes. There's a dungeon on the property. Like, they have all this missing stolen property from the victims. Like, they have all the IDs, yep. and, and they had, like, work T-shirts with their names on it and all this shit. They had everything they needed. They needed. They should have gotten Cricket as well because she was definitely playing a role in this. You know, there's so much evidence to support that. But they give her complete immunity, and she's still, like, to this day, living in San Francisco, hanging out. Crazy. Yeah. 
Court records stated that uh, Cricket turned over weapons and other material to authorities during the investigation. Big whoop. They should have just found on themselves. After a lengthy extradition complicated by Ng's lies over his nationality, he was finally brought back to face trial in California. So, he, yeah, he hid out in Canada. Like, he ran off to Canada. And they they found him, but they couldn't. Canada wouldn't let him. Uh, wouldn't let us extradite him to a place where they he could face the death penalty. So he stayed there for like six years before he was finally brought to America. He was indicted. He started a new life over there. Well, there was he was still locked up, but there was so many people protesting in America. All the all the family members of victims were protesting this. And eventually, all the pressure mounted, and they just couldn't they couldn't hold him anymore. Good. And so he was finally extradited. But he just kept, he was very smart in the fact that he knew how to work the system. He kept postponing every trial. He kept going through lawyers like he was changing his underwear. Like he was just like find issues and like make a big deal out of everything. And the court systems will just kind of keep postponing things if you're a hassle like that. And he knew that. And so it took, it took so long before they finally did a real trial on him. Um, where in 1991, he was indicted on 12 counts of first degree murder. He tried everything to delay the trial, frequently uh, firing his lawyers, changing the location of the trial, and even applying to defend himself. The trial finally took place in 1999. So it took him six years to get extradited to California, then another eight years to finally get the real trial to happen. Um, Cricket was called as a key witness. In a surprise move, Ng's lawyer, William Kelly, dismissed Cricket without asking any questions. Despite the video evidence and the detailed information in Lake's diaries, Ng maintained that he was merely an observer and that Lake planned and committed all of the kidnaps, rapes, and murders unassisted. The jury deliberated for two weeks before finding Ng guilty of the murder of six men, three women, and two baby boys. He was sentenced to death. In 2001, a San Francisco judge found Ng and Lake responsible for the death of missing auto trader Paul Cosner. Ng is currently at San Quentin, probably hanging out with old uh, Randy Kraft, huh? playing some playing some cards uh, on death yeah, row. Yeah, probably. No execution date has been set, and he is appealing his conviction. Yeah, so that was kind and of a, say- that was a bummer in the documentary. The the sister of the man who had the auto trader one where uh, he, he disappeared, the one that helped get him caught, that uh, Ng was convicted on, like, every count of murder except for him. So she didn't even get justification at the end she sat through all these years of delays in courts and then the trial happens and like he gets convicted on 11 counts of murder but the 12th one not guilty and that was her brother and she's sitting there she's like her mom's sitting there bawling and she's like but i guess a a couple years later they finally did get him for that one too which is well, good. isn't that because the, his car was registered to Lake? Yeah, so the, yeah, they just so the didn't have enough were probably connections. Probably like, well, if anybody killed him, it was probably Leonard Lake. Yeah, they just not, didn't have enough evidence that Ing played a part in that one. Right. Um, I mean, that but it still sucks. Sense. It still sucks. Like, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, he's never getting out of prison and he's been convicted as a murderer. But you still want to just, you still want, you know, your brother, his, you want his uh, memory to be remembered and you want the the person who did this yeah but at to, least you have closure musical. yeah like, no doubt you know, these guys are getting killed i mean lake's already dead yeah i mean it's unfortunate he got to choose when and how but you know ing's gonna be killed even though the documentary said what it was unlikely that he'd be killed even in the next 15 years so yeah uh, I guess we're a little behind. He'll there, die in prison, but he won't. He won't die of lethal injection or nothing like that. He's just gonna sit there and take up tax dollars, and it is what it is. Like I said, hanging out with Randy Kraft, shooting the shit. Yeah, Randy Kraft is still there too, right? Yeah, man. As far as I know, I don't think he died, did he? I don't think he's died yet, unfortunately. 
Man, he's been there because he just got life, didn't he? Who, Randy? Yeah, he didn't get the death penalty. Well, he was on death row, but he just they oh, just never he? they just never got around to killing him. Oh, they just never got around to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they just keep forgetting. He's just over there being quiet in the corner. He's just helping. <laughs> he's yeah. like he's so damn helpful. I mean, uh, he's a great cook. As as <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He's just such a nice guy. I know he killed like sixty something. That was years ago. He doesn't even have you know, energy for that beings, anymore. But, Right, and as so as far as Ng, as of August eighteen, uh, August of twenty eighteen, official California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation records show Ng still awaits on death row uh, at San Quentin State Prison, and he'll stay there. And it's way more expensive to have them on death row than just have them have them in Gen Pop. And he's way safer on death row too, which sucks. It's like just put him in Gen Pop. You know, you're never going to actually kill the guy. Maybe he can get shanked <laughs> if you yeah, put him in exactly. general population. Man, for being a being a baby killer, he would be. Yeah, because he ain't gonna make Somebody it all that well in general population either. He, he's he's looking a little soft, and he looked like he become somebody's uh, somebody's bitch pretty soon. Oh yeah. Well, that's what he needs. The perfect shelf lover, right? He can be someone. Yeah. <laughs> be someone oh, else. Would that be ironic lover. if he became somebody's <laughs> submissive? Guy just grabs him <laughs> off the top bunk. It's time. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Uh, and it goes full circle. There we go. There we go. Yep. Ing is now somebody's Miranda. <laughs> oh. Right? That's what he calls them, too. Yeah. What's this book you got? <laughs> Starts flipping through it. Right. Oh, Let me collect that ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's it oh, for man. Charles Charles Ing and Leonard Lake. Uh, we it, hope man. you guys that's hate nice. them as much as we hated them. Yeah, if you really want to hate him, if you still don't hate him for some reason, go watch that documentary. Burn in Hell, Leonard Lake, and Charles Ng, soon to join him in hell. Hopefully getting pineapple shoved up your ass next to Hitler. They need it. Yep. They need it twice a day. Yep. <laughs> but some people that aren't going to burn in hell, our listeners and people who have gone and rated and review us, uh, reviewed our podcast, have a special place in heaven. They do. Um, that's a guaranteed way to get in, you know, that the pearly gates. Oh. It's like when, when God's looking over the list of things you've done in your life that's definitely right. going to rank highly oh you rated and reviewed true crime guys podcast you're a shoe in oh dude yeah that's a good point that's a good point maybe you should review it twice just to be sure you know what you can review it twice actually you, you should just go when you do that a review would be like um like repenting you know in a catholic oh, church yeah. whenever you do something bad yeah it's like you a just get out of jail free card just go rate and review again and you're good yes you just go repent you just update that review, and um, you know the higher the stars, the more forgiven you are. All right, so these people took the time to go rate and review, and we're going to give them a shout-out for that. Uh, even if you don't want a shout-out and you don't care, uh, if you could just go click five stars, that helps as well. It helps the podcast out, so we appreciate that. Uh, but Bina Jet, thank you. Uh, Lorio, apostrophe R, thank you. Jim Matsko, don't thank you. Fuck off, one, one star. Uh, uh Dutchy Nubbins, 89, thank you for the five-star. Uh, MJ Tink, five-star, thank you. Flash0250, thank you for the five-star review. Too many podcasts, only two ears. <laughs> thank you for the five-star review. Said we're the best. Thanks for your show. Uh, Penelope. 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 Five-star, thank you. Uh, said we're great show, funny and down-to-earth host. Thank you. Uh, let's see. DVL Critter, thank you. My daughter just introduced me to the podcast, so shout out to you and your daughter. Thank you. Uh, Chantel Nicole. Chantel Nicole. Thank you for the five star. 
Uh, said she was searching for a new true crime to binge. Uh, listened to several, and they couldn't hold my attention. I happened upon yours, and I'm hooked. Dang. You make me giggle. Got I like it. your content. Thank you. Uh, Polly Purebred. Thank you for the five stars. Abby Frott, or Abby Fott. And Sam Fierce. Thank you. A bunch of fire emojis. Gotta love that. Oh, that really yeah. pops. I love to see fire emojis on the reviews. Even if you leave a bad one, just put some fire emojis on there. Yeah, if you don't want to write a review, just yeah. put fire emojis. Yeah, just put fire emojis and five stars. <laughs> and then you'll get it and then you'll get a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> that easy. Uh, unfortunately, we don't see the people that just rate. They just go and click five stars. They don't write anything. Yeah. We, that's that's the only way we can give you a shout out is if you type something in there. So Right. Fire emojis yeah. is the perfect thing. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. All right. Don't we have a like a sponsor that makes us smell amazing? Oh, we do. Oh my Gaia, we do, man. We do. <laughs> oh my Gaia. If you don't know what Oh My Gaia is, Oh My Gaia is an innovative all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural paraben and aluminum-free organic ingredients. And talking about smelling good, there's vanilla, cherry almond wood, cherry almond wood. <laughs> There's cherry almond, or sandalwood, or lavender, or lemongrass, or Egyptian musk. That's one of my favorites, by the way. Coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack. And we have our very own scent, don't we, Lauren? Covers all, true crime pine! Covers all of crime. Pew, pew, pew. The true, <laughs> true crime pine. Covers all of your weird scents of, you know, things that you may be involved in. If you, you have know, a sex dungeon, right? just smear true crime pine on it, and, and the police will never exactly. find it. Just put a little on the door, I think, and they'll just be like, yeah, is this solid? The tracker dogs this, will just walk right by. Is this solid pine? This smells amazing. <laughs> you know, and they'll just be admiring the uh, the workmanship. And even better than that, the the logo or the the, the deodorant jar yeah. has our face on it, so it has our logo from the podcast on there. So that's badass. Almost almost all oh my guy uh, uh, deodorants come with a little sticker that seals the lid, so you know that it's been yep. sealed by the golden touch of Wendy at Oh My Gaia, and no one has messed with it since. Yeah. So. Just for your peace of mind. And because you're a True Crime Guys listener, you can use the word creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, for 15% off. At That's at ohmygaia.com, O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com, or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. And if you're tired of being a freeloader, if you want to pony up the $2 a month and to go get a bunch of bonus content, uh, exclusive episodes, be a part of the giveaway. Don't we got to do a giveaway? I feel like it's been forever. We do need to do a giveaway. Yeah, we need to do a giveaway. So we're going to do that like right after my done. I get done with my spiel about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash True Crime Guys. Two bucks a month gets you all of our bonus content. Uh, and it gets you into the giveaway as well. And there's also other perks like $5 a month. You get the Primo Gold Creep Band sticker. This is very prestigious. That's right. Um, and only like a select few in the world have it. And if you think you're getting into heaven for a rate and interview, that's like the gold sticker. You could pretty much get away with murder. And still, if you have that sticker, you're getting in. Yeah, you're definitely getting in. You just show that, just put it on your shirt or something. Uh, yeah. We just had a listener write in, I think it, what was it on Twitter? She said she wrecked her car and then she was more disappointed that her gold sticker was on the back of it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so Dude, maybe she we need, needs we to need hit to us get, up. We'll send her another yeah, one. Yeah, we need to we'll get in touch with her. If, if the gold sticker was on your car and you get in a car wreck, you know, yeah, if it, you pull a Kevin Hart, right, and it's not your fault. No, I'm just kidding. No, if it's <laughs> even if way, it is it's your fault, fault or it's yeah, not. even if it's your fault, we'll still replace the gold sticker. We need pictures, though, right? We need some kind of proof. Yeah, we need proof. Can't everybody just be going around? Oh, I got in a wreck. Yeah, sure. Right. Okay. And don't go just stick your gold sticker on a wrecked car and then peel it off. 
<laughs> we know your games. We know your- yeah, we need to see registration. <laughs> we need social. We need social security number. Right, we need fax a copy of your license yes. <laughs> and the incident report. Okay, and that's yeah. all you got to do. Is that it? Bill of sale as well. Bill <laughs> for what? <laughs> for the car. <laughs> oh, oh, for the new car. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, man. Is there anything else? Oh, the giveaway. The giveaway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hold on. Well, let's let's, let's uh, pause okay. so we can go back into the future and and get the giveaway ready. All right. All right. We're back from the future, and we have the random number generator ready to go. Right, Michael? You have that. We do. And we have the list of patrons ready to go. We correct? also have that. And I'm here to do the drum roll. All right, drum roll, so, please. Number 484. 484. 484. Scanning, 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 scanning. Who scanning. is 484? Please stand up. Janine Prime. Congratulations, Janine, Janine Prime. 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 And she is in great standing. She is yes. prepared to accept her prize. All right. So, Janine, hit us up. Uh, messages on whatever Instagram, Facebook, uh, or on Patreon. Patreon, Patreon be fine. Patreon's too. easy. Yeah. And uh, send us your address and then also. Go through our stores on Redbubble and uh, what's the other one? Ken Custom. Ken Custom. Yeah, K-I-N Custom. True Crime Guys. We have a store on there for yes. all of you out there as well. If you want to go, that we have merch on there. You can buy stuff. And guys, if you're having trouble finding it, it, I put a link to both stores at the bottom of every episode. You guys can go down there, Patreon link, the store links, Facebook, social media. All those links are down at the Bada bottom bing, of what more do you every need, huh? single episode. <laughs> Quit your bitching. Go buy some shit. All right, Janine Prime, hit us up. You don't have to buy shit. Pick one thing for free, no matter what it is. We'll get it out to you. All, All right. right, and next week we have another freeloader episode, correct? Yes, we do. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. We got to pick out a case in the next day. Yeah, we got to hurry. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe another, blo- maybe another Bloodlands. Oh, Harold Schechter. We should look into those again. All right. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Yep. Keep creeping, keep creeping, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the Creeper Army. We out here making murder. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Down, let us talk, get you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming. Yeah.